well, she wants me to divorce my husband, so I don't know how much she was joking. Anyway, I, I was only joking if you if you like the last scene. If you don't like the boyfriend scene, then I'm not joking. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> doubling down! Oh my goodness, I will die on the hill. <laughs> You're listening to Growing Up Millennial, a podcast about all that media we loved in the 90s and the early aughts. I am Adri, one of your hosts and a geriatric millennial who grew up in a tropical island. And I'm Helene, your other host and also a millennial who just loves media. And I'll just leave it at that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, you could say... Did you grow up in Iowa or am I making this up in my head? I did grow up in Iowa. Yeah. I grew up in the most boring state in the country. (laughs) Corn? Arguably. Corn and pigs. Yeah. Corn and pigs. Okay. Well, you know. I did not. I I did not grow up on a farm though. I will say that. I did not grow up on a farm. (laughs) Thank you for that info. I mean, each state has its own special thing. For example, Texas has abortion bans. That's what we're famous for. <laughs> yeah, so exciting. <laughs> so exciting. Abortion bans. Oh, goodness. What a great thing to be known for. And uh, Ted Cruz. Well, and Ted Cruz, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> but we're not talking about Ted Cruz or Texas or Iowa for that matter today. Thank God. We are continuing our exploration of the Olsen twins. Movie Dynasty. Did I, like, did yeah, I summarize are. it? Did I summarize it correctly? <laughs> yeah. Dual Star and if you don't know, And if you don't know who the Olsen twins are, um, which rock did you live under also? Um, yeah, we're talking yeah. about Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. That's, that's what we're talking about today. Yeah, and also go listen to our other episodes of this season uh, if you want to know more. But we're going to talk about my favorite movie today (laughs) okay tell me tell me what we're talking today tell us tell the listeners i fucking know because i actually had to watch it so (laughs) tell tell the listeners what we're i mean it's also on the title of the episode which like you know whatever yes yes but what they might not know uh this episode is all about the challenge the iconic movie uh released on may 3rd 2003 it was directed by Craig Shapiro, a name that we have heard many times in this podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then also written by the duo that we've also talked about many times in this podcast, Elizabeth Kruger and Michael Swerdlick. All right. Okay. Tell me, okay, is this your favorite movie as part of the rewatch? Or is this your favorite movie, period, of the Olsen twins? I thought you were just going to say, like, period, full stop, like, of all time. Oh, no, no, <laughs> come on. Like, uh, I love uh, the Olsen twins, but it's not my favorite movie of all time. Please, uh, please. <laughs> <laughs> I know that I put up a very, like, elaborate front of not being serious, but come on. <laughs> yes, um, so both to answer your question it is really yes interesting huh okay okay yeah i freaking love this movie and spoiler alert it held up for me i loved it so much yeah 
No. Well, I mean, we'll we'll get into it. But, like, I was actually, I think it was, like, midway through this movie, I, like, you know, turned to our resident white man Mm -hmm. of the white man corner fame, Seth, my husband. And I said, this might be my favorite? Question mark? Yay! (laughs) And he goes, I know, right? (laughs) I mean, I thought that I was hyping it up in my head because listeners, I think we've like hinted at this a little bit before, but Uh, like- You mean like ad nauseum? Okay, go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, the fact that um, I succeeded to allowing us to cover Switching Goals earlier in the season because that was Adri's favorite movie, as long as she agreed- No, no, no. I mean, it wasn't like my fully favorite movie. It was one of my favorite movies. Well, yeah, it was one of your favorite movies, right? Sorry. I allowed her to to include that in our repertoire as long as she allowed me to talk about the challenge, (laughs) which- is my favorite movie, and Adri did not remember it being a fun movie or like being which, her favorite when she watched it. Yeah, well, which spoiler alert, I would have still watched the challenge. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Even if we yes. hadn't done switching goals. But if we hadn't done switching goals, we wouldn't have talked about tox- the toxic masculinity that was Jerry. Yeah, I mean, I think it was healthy to have at least one really problematic movie in our repertoire. <laughs> Um, and Holiday in the Sun was just a bonus. Um, <laughs> oh my God. What is it about dads and these movies, right? I know. Yeah. Uh, that's why we don't ever get to meet the dad in this movie. And that's probably why it's really good. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that holds up to me. You know, okay, though, my favorite dad in all the movies was Mailman Dad from Our Lips Are Sealed. We're, this is totally something we're going to talk about probably in our wrap Shit. up, right? Like, yes, I just just thinking that I was like, <laughs> this could be a category: favorite yeah. dad, favorite yeah. mom. Exactly. Ooh, yeah. So yes, you can either cut this out if you want it to be a surprise, or people might forget, and I will hold mine secret so that we can reveal it later. <laughs> okay, sure, whatever. Um, we'll see what decision I make. You know, at eleven fifty nine p.m. when I'm you know, fixing (laughs) this episode that you are listening to right now, listeners. Yes. Well, I am very happy that you liked this uh, upon another viewing. I'm very excited to talk about it. It is, I think, objectively, probably the best, like the most well done movie, to be honest. Okay. So do do you want to hear something escandaloso? Oh, yes. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I honestly don't know if I've actually watched this movie before this time. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I cannot tell you with certainty that I have or haven't watched this movie before. That's fair. That's fair. There are definitely movies that I have missed, uh, but you were—you seemed very sure that you had seen it before, so you were but just like, mistaken. as or like, okay, so either I'd watched the trailer and wasn't interested in it mm-hmm. when it came out. Or I watched it and it like went straight like across, like did not, nothing really stuck. Yeah, that's kind of how I feel like Billboard Dad was to me because having just recently watched someone else kind of explain what happens in that movie, I'm like, I know I've seen this movie, but I do not remember a single thing that this person is talking about. Also, Billboard Dad might be, you know. A bonus content for this possibly <laughs> yeah it seemed pretty crazy and i don't remember a damn thing from it from what i re- heard so it might be a fun bonus episode Ooh, okay so 
You you heard it here first. We've just decided <laughs> to add Billboard Dad. <laughs> but until then, I can't wait to talk about the challenge with you. Oh, I'm so excited. I can't wait either. Tell me the 411. What's like the what's the haps? Well, this is the final direct to TV movie that Mary Kate and Ashley ever produced. Um, their next film, which is gonna be the next film that we discuss on this show, uh, New York Minute was actually a theatrical release. So it wasn't their last film together. I vaguely remember this. Yep. So this it, this isn't their last film together. New York Minute is their last film that they ever released. Mm-hmm. But New York Minute did come out in theaters. And fun fact, I did see it in theaters when it came out. Me too. But this is the last one. Yeah, this is the last one that didn't come out in theaters. So, <laughs> Which I think they make pretty clear in that last scene. It was like very much a, like a. See ending. you later. Yeah. 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 All right. So the title in the movie says that yes. it was filmed in Mexico underneath. Yes. Like like they yes. had to like make it very clear. We are still international bitches. <laughs> yes. Also, I just find it funny that that's literally part of the title treatment. It's like, is the full name of the movie the challenge filmed in Mexico? Because that's what it like. <laughs> that's what it looked like. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, but specifically, they did film in Cabo San Lucas and Baja California Sur, Mexico. Okay. Did you have any cast shoutouts? Because I always have a couple. Um, I'm going to let you do all your cast shoutouts. Okay. It's not as exciting. This this one had a lot less few, like a lot fewer notable people than like say Holiday in the Sun. Mm-hmm. But arguably the most recognizable of the bu- bunch, and like I said, it's a pretty low bar is Theo Rossi, who plays Anthony. He's like the mm-hmm. Joey Tribbiani of the of the contestants. He loves food. Also, um, he has, as Seth pointed out, a few tattoos that were then later like hidden oh. with like bandages and shit. Oh, we got some like goofs and stuff. Like filming yeah. Incon- yeah. inconsistencies. Fun, fun. Yeah. I love when that happens. Uh so Theo was in 90 episodes of Sons of Anarchy as Juan Carlos Juice Ortiz, uh, 23 episodes of Luke Cage as Hernan Shades Alvarez. But, of course, and you will not find this surprising, I recognize him most notably as one (laughs) Norris Clayton from literally one of the most iconic episodes of Veronica Mars. I knew I'd seen him before. I was like, he's he became like a character actor at least. Yes, yeah, he's been in a good amount of things, but I saw him and immediately I was like, oh my God, it's the guy from Veronica Mars. It's that, <laughs> the that's guy just that. Love, I mean, <laughs> love that shout out for him. Not his name, but oh, no. it's the guy from Veronica Mars, you know? That's, yeah, that's me anytime I see anyone who even played like a 30 second on screen role in Veronica Mars. I'm like, oh my God, that's the person from Veronica Mars. I, it just, it's stuck in my brain. Same with Buffy. Anyway, mm-hmm. that's that's Theo Rossi. Um, he's the most notable. Then we also have Brian Scala, Scala, Scala mm-hmm. I don't know, who played Marcus in this film. And he had he's like one of those, you know, actors that's been on one episode stints of basically like a, a ton of shows. Literally of. the entire TV uh, spectrum. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So he was um, in one episode of House, one episode of Supernatural, one episode of Gilmore Girls and one episode of NCIS. Just out to name a few. So he's, you know, one of those guys. And then we have Lucas Benkin, who played mm-hmm. Adam. 
And uh, that was, uh, what was it? Ash, no, Mary Kate's love interest. Yes. Um, and Adam also had some notable, or Lucas Benkin, also had some notable one episode runs, um, such as Daunt, Dawson's Creek and Grey's Anatomy and Seventh Heaven, of course, you know, what a great show, Seventh Heaven, I'm saying sarcastically, and Mad Men. <laughs> Thank you for saying that because if you hadn't said saying it sarcastically, I fear that we would have gotten clipped out and it would have been like, Helene Karp from Growing Up Millennial says that yeah. Seventh Heaven is her favorite show of all time. Oh my God. Because she loves that pedophile. Like, you I know? would never be caught dead. Honestly, though, I will say I have seen Seventh Heaven all the way through twice and the second time was purely a hate watch so um listeners i can promise you something here right here right now (laughs) unless there is a possibility of a lucrative patreon situation by Uh rewatching seventh heaven i will not fucking do that i will not so it's so laughably bad it's so so funny You know what is almost equally as as bad, laughably so, is the Secret Life of the American Teenager. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I would re I would rewatch that for for Patreon. That's what. (laughs) Yeah, but also same showrunner. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Or producer, one of the one of the two, or both. I don't remember, but it's got that same feel without you know a. Yet somehow these things were. without a self-confessed pedophile at the helm of it but you know yeah somehow these things were popular in their prime but you know somehow whatever somehow somehow trash continues to sustain america yes now this last part of the 411 that i have written down is solely about that last scene which i'm happy to hold off on until we get to that scene yes okay please 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 Because I cannot wait to talk about that scene with you. All right. Let's, okay. No, let's get into it. Let's dish. Let's talk about wait, the movie. Should I Should I read the summary? I haven't read the summary. Oh, I am so sorry. I thought. <laughs> Once again, listeners, I am skipping, hopping, and jumping around. We should have done the summary before the 411. That's on me. That's okay. I thought maybe you wanted to mix it up this time or something. <laughs> oh, you know. Sure. Let's go with that one. <laughs> Yeah, you did it intentionally. I'm, I'm saving yes, you. Totally here. intentionally. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So Lizzie and Shane Dalton could not be more different. Oh, Lizzie, no. I know, right? Lizzie is a meat-eating, ambitious, uptight city girl, and Shane is a vegetarian, tree-hugging, meditation-loving hippie. After their parents' divorce, Shane left to live with her mom in L.A. while Lizzie stayed in D.C. with her dad. Little do they know that they both individually auditioned and were selected for The Challenge, a survivor-like reality TV show where high schoolers compete in trials of both mental and physical endurance for a chance to win a college scholarship. Can the girls put aside their differences for a chance to win a better future? Let's see. Oh, my goodness. All right. So first off, before we begin our uh, deep dive, I would like to say it's very refreshing to see Ashley playing the uptight sister role. Yeah. Because in Winning London, Mm -hmm. you know, yeah, and in Switching Goals, and in a lot of the movies, the uptight sister role, or like the overachieving role, goes to Mary Kay. I have to say. And it was so nice to see that. Yeah. I have to say. 
just like blanket note, their acting in this movie was incredible. Oh, so much. So like leaps and bounds. Like they, they were so, they were so good. I was watching and I was like, oh my God, these girls can fucking act. Like, <laughs> yeah. And then they were like, you know, you know what we're going to do after the pinnacle of our career is go to school and open a clothing brand because this shit is not forever. Hey, I mean, you know, quit while you're ahead. Oh, no, I fully, <laughs> fully support this. I'm not, I'm not, it's not a criticism. It's more of like, yeah. we got it. We're in, we made the money. Let's invest that money into something we're, passionate about and maybe yeah. i'm not saying they're not passionate about acting they might be but it might have also just run its course for them yeah they were probably pretty burnt out honestly after their decades of work but you mean after 18 years of right acting? <laughs> right exactly exactly um but this is really honestly making me excited for new york minute because new york minute is, a, is another one that i'd seen multiple times that i also love dearly uh but I, I mean, I can only go up from here, right? Like, and I do remember they kind of, it's not the same dynamic, but they have a kind of similar dynamic in mm-hmm, New York Minute mm-hmm. where like, what, there's like the A type and then there's like the, the like slacker. The free spirit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And there's like a, from what I remember, there's like a big like pop punk type of subplot to that. Um, Yeah. Simple Plan is in that movie. I and know, Simple Plan was my favorite band back in the day. So I'm very excited about that. Uh. Yeah, yeah. It was a time. It was a movie of its time. Let's go back to, let's dish about this current movie, The Challenge, which actually combines two of my loves, which is, you know, nostalgia and um, reality TV. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I loved the, the whole like confessionals, just that the, the it just made the movie so much better. Honestly, like, it looked like real reality TV to me. Uh, right, like, I, I would like, watch the challenge. I would watch yeah, the show. I would like. definitely watch this. Yes. <laughs> so yes. anyway, we start the movie um, with footage of Mary Kate and Ashley like on the show. It's kind of like a start at the end and then fill in all the context type stuff. Yeah. Um, they're running on the beach as if they're being chased, uh, what they're climbing a, a ladder, a suspension bridge, again, across a ravine with all these raging waters and rocks below them. And the VO is like, how did we get here? Well, it all started with a TV show as you know, things always do. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, then we cut to the commercial for the challenge. Okay. So that led me to ask the most important question of this podcast, which is what network is the challenge on again? Because that's the only part of the fucking commercial that was missing. That's a great question. Because uh, you know how like those, those, those commercials have like a set format and they do like, they did everything by the book on that format of the, of, yeah. of the ad. But the one thing that was missing is like, I guess like, this summer on Fox or this, yeah. this summer on ABC Family or, yeah. you know. Yeah, it was saying like Thursdays at 8, 7 On Central. NBC. Yeah, yeah, on NBC. You know, so, that shit. So then question, if the challenge existed in real life, what channel do you think it would be on? Okay, if the challenge existed in real life and it is teenagers competing for scholarship money, it would be MTV, who actually has a show called The Challenge, but it's a different thing. Okay, yeah, I buy that actually. I don't have a better answer than that. I think that's great. I was thinking like 
ABC because like they do like The Bachelor and like ABC would also it would be it would be ABC Family. Uh, ABC Family works, yeah. Yeah, but I think like, I think MTV is better. MTV, well, because I'm I'm just going by demographics of those channels, yeah. right? Yeah, and yeah. if you're doing like reality TV show based on teenagers getting scholarship money, I'm guessing your viewership that you want to do is also of the same age bracket or age range. So it would be either MTV, just like Teen Mom was MTV, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, Or for sure. ABC Family. Uh, Bravo is more like college kids. Yeah. Plus. Yeah, Bravo, I feel like, is messier stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, yes. <laughs> yeah. Like which sex is why scandals. I love it. <laughs> it's like sex scandals, which there are like some sort of like romance scandals oh, in this, but I'm not. Sorry. There, there's, there's a scandal, all right. Uh, there's a scandal. Yep. And that Kelly's a fucking bitch, but we'll get there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> did you, I, did, I had a note on the font that they used in this, in this commercial. Did you have a note it on was, this? Cause it's very survivor <laughs> font. Like I fucking hate it. I was going to say, okay. you're the font lady. You're the font okay, lady. Well, look, so. look, look, look. I can hate something like objectively. I objectively hate the font, but I agree that it's good in that usage. Does that make sense? Yeah, well, to me, the, my note was that it looked like something out of a horror movie. Like, it looked like no, I was watching Blair Witch. You know what I mean? It's literally the same. It's similar or either the same or very similar to the font, like, that Survivor and, like, the challenge mm. and, like, all those competition reality shows use, like, that kind of, like, like a scratchy-looking font. Yeah. yeah, it looks like, like someone, like, scratched it out with their fingernail like as their last in note, prison as they're die as they're dying yeah like that's what it, it like. was like um um do you remember uh that guy from holiday in the sun and all those like prison cell uh <laughs> cutbacks you mean that <laughs> just that just thinking about that shot of jordan black and white that's, just, that's, that's, yeah that's exactly i forgot his name so it was like basically jordan like writing on the wall yeah save in that me prison cell. mary kate nashley you're my only hope <laughs> like <laughs> I didn't tell you that I was that I loved you. I don't know some yeah. bullshit. Yeah, yeah. I'm so, very yeah. romantic, guys. I'm writing a rom com. Can't you tell? So yeah. romantic. Been married for how many years now? Eleven. Ten. Ten. Ooh, I I upshot. Better to to do that than. Um, well, I mean, undercut. married for married for ten together for t- eleven and a half, almost twelve. Aw, beautiful. Yeah. Anyway. We'll hear from your husband later on. Yeah, love is dumb. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> love is a trap. Uh, <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, just kidding. Just kidding, guys. So now we cut to Max, uh, who is the villain of this movie, if uh, if we have one, uh, walking with his assistant in this unnamed studio because we don't know the network. <laughs> well, the thing is, like, he's, he's the producer. Um, so a producer would technically yes. still have ties to the network but they're like a separate entity right at least at least that's how it works on bravo like bravo shows hire production companies to produce the show okay it depends yeah i think a lot of times the production companies work for the network like i think that's how it is with like netflix and stuff but it's it's just case by case well basis. i guess it depends i mean i what I know from what I know of how reality TV works, like in the modern age, let's say, um, yeah. Bravo, uh, like subcontracts basically the production company 
to mm-hmm. produce the show or I mean, the production company sense. sells the show after they've produced it. So like okay, sometimes yeah, they'll be shopping makes, it around networks, you know? Yeah. So that maybe makes a lot of sense. maybe they're still in the shopping around stages. I don't know. Well, he's saying so the the whole the whole conflict of the movie is that the ratings are down and they need to do some big ratings grabbing stuff because if not the network is going to drop them. Yeah, or otherwise the show won't be renewed and it'll be it'll be dead. Yeah. So yeah. he's on the on the phone talking about this new ad spot that we just witnessed as like part of as like the viewer. Um and how the how the ratings are down like we just said. And that, you know, that, and he's basically setting up the plot. Like, this is the conflict. This is why he's doing everything he does. So then um, his intern, Marcus, mm-hmm. comes comes up to him and he has these two audition tapes. And he's like, dude, you got to watch these. Like, you, you got to see what I have here. So they're watching the audition tapes and it's obviously Shane and Lizzie's. And Shane, <laughs> um, I have to say, Shane's audition tape looks... Like she is stoned out of her goddamn mind on ten pounds oh. of weed. <laughs> also, weed was not legal in California back then, so you know. Nope, nope. She is stereotypical stoner girl. She does a peace sign for God's sake. Oh yeah. Well then, but Lizzie's audition tape was definitely done in front of a green screen, and it's super clear it's a green screen. Yeah, I wonder if the show is like I I, I bet like the show was trying to sell it off as no she was actually in front of the the white house but yeah it definitely looked fake <laughs> it looked i've seen tiktoks more that are more real than that like like she i've seen <laughs> do you follow that girl that does like the pr crisis uh spoofs no oh she's great you have i'll, I'll send it to you so is this girl okay. like she'll put like different like backgrounds on her and she pretends to be like answering phone calls from like celebrities <laughs> about like their PR crises and it's like oh prince Char- charles oh great prince charles like or king charles or you know whatever um mm, do you, did you think really that was like the best move mhm mhm what have we talked about before like it's <laughs> hilarious that sounds really funny yeah you have to send that to me yeah i'll send it to you so she, she has she has more realistic backgrounds sure sure it's 2023 she does more realistic backgrounds for a spoof than this movie does for something that's supposed to be real <laughs> right yeah and well i mean if you buy into it and pretend that it's real then she looks like like a like a news like a white house correspondent reporter oh yeah for sure like yeah. <laughs> reading the news uh on at night so Yes, that's that's Lizzie. She's her future senator self. Uh, and first of all, <laughs> okay. So I had a question. I had a question. Yes. Marcus goes, they hate each other, and I'm like, how do you know they didn't say it in the audition oh. tape? Oh, yeah, yeah. I have an I have that note too. First of all, oh, though, okay. I, Sorry, before I, before we talk about that, I want to talk about how Max's first instinct is that it's just one girl with dissociative identity disorder. He's like, oh, she's got a from split personality. Jeez, that's so sad. She can't go to college. <laughs> like, that's your first thought when you see two girls that are look that are that look the same, but are giving but also completely people different. with disabilities go to college all the time. Also, yeah, and then I started to think, like, is he saying that because, like, the whole point of the show is that you win a scholarship to go no, to no, college. No, I- I understand that, but people with disabilities go to college all the time. So yeah, yeah. So split personality, whatever, any like mental disorder slash disability, 
exactly. still ableist guy. You were still being yeah, ableist. I was like, that is that was so stupid. I don't they should have just cut that line out of the movie, to be honest. But yep. then yes, I also was curious. I was like, okay, how, how the hell did he like know that they don't get along? To your like, point. Yeah, they didn't say it on their like video. They didn't say I fucking hate my like twin sister who's like right. the uptight <laughs> bitch. Or like I, I hate my stoner hippie sister who lives in LA. Like how do they know? Oh, because they're different. Plenty of people are different and they don't yeah. hate each other. Yeah, like I wrote down, did they say all of that in their audition tapes? I want to be on the challenge. I also have also I have a twin sister that I hate. Like who would say that on their on their audition no. tape? That's you, you wouldn't. You wouldn't say that on your audition tape. So but also we don't even see it if they did. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But one of my favorite lines here is she's into ambition and she's into nutrition. Disgusting, guys. <laughs> I was just like, way to find the rhyme in there. Loved that. Who did this? Who did this, guys? <laughs> Show yourself. Show yourself. Reveal yourself. I don't like it. <laughs> I thought it was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Marcus insists that they expose these two women to emotional trauma for ratings. Because, you know, that's the right thing to do. And so that's also, what they do. If, okay, so here's my <laughs> other thought. Okay, and I know we're getting ahead of ourselves because we got like they they get they do like the intros, and then mm-hmm. they, we have the first campfire ce- ceremony. Do you have anything to say about that before I get into this? I have stuff about the campfire ceremony. Okay, okay. So if I'm Max, right, yeah. and I'm thinking I want ratings gold, yes. Why would I put the two twins that can't stand each other on the same team when I could? Yeah. Them in opposing teams. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I, putting them on the same team, like narratively, yes, they have to work together and then they get along and blah blah blah. Yeah, that's cute, and I liked that that they like that. That's how they get that's they get back to like close or whatever. But yeah, it, for ratings, it's like it's going to be so much better if you put them against each other. Yeah. But you know, what do I know? Obviously, yeah. nothing. I just, I mean. Just- you know, Max. Max is an idiot, as we learn throughout this movie. <laughs> not not very smart. <laughs> okay, he just likes to. He just likes to. Um, it, what do you call it? Exploit a young woman and their fam- familial problems for, for public humiliation. Well, that's every reality TV show. So yeah. I'm part of the problem too because I consume them. Um, yes. <laughs> so we have the first taping. Shane doesn't see her twin sister in the first taping because Lizzie is running late, which she never does. Now, do we think this was like on purpose yes. by Max? Okay. Uh, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, she. it's possible that like he put her on a later flight or something mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. they obviously are the ones that do all that stuff. Uh, but I like how she says the only other time she was ever late was when she was born because her sister had the umbilical cord wrapped around her neck. I mean, it was great. That was a fantastic line. No notes. And her acting in that cab was just so fun. She's just so good at it. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, but the outtakes were hilarious, but we'll get to that later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So in the campfire, they learned that there are rules. And one of the rules is no romantic entanglements between any people yes but before that happens we see adam and shane start to bond a little bit so we get we get a little bit of like oh adam and shane might have some chemistry and then it's like dun 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 no romantic entanglements and they like look at each other and they're like oh 
<laughs> yes. And Adam has aspirations of being a journalist while Shane just wants to save the world, you know? <laughs> yeah. Easy. Easy peasy. Easy. Uh, so then the contestants get broken up into teams. Okay. And then we learn, can I give you a rundown on my perspective of all the team members? Yes, but before just just in, yeah, in case ahead. people haven't just in case people haven't seen the movie in a while, in a while. Basically, okay, so I we forgot to mention earlier also, their plan the producer's plan was to get both girls on the show but not not tell them beforehand. So neither girl knows that the other one's coming. Exactly. Um so that's the conflict, but then also the premise of the game is the the eight is it eight? Yeah, I think the eight um contestants teenagers. yeah the eight yeah. contestants get split up into two teams and there are like two challenges three challenges a day they, they, they do challenges and if they win a challenge they win a totem and the team with the most totems at the end of the game wins the game so there's team aztec and there's team mayan and now i can't wait to talk about these people <laughs> okay the first aztec that we have is kelly and she is very competitive Kelly fact, the her, Terminator Termin. I was going to say, in fact, her nickname is the Terminator. <laughs> yes. All right, so wait. Okay. So for Kelly, she looks like Kristen Stewart. Like I had to do a double take. I had to look it up really? to be 100% sure. Yeah. I was like, oh my God, that looks like a young Kristen Stewart. Obviously it's, it's not, it's not a young Kristen Stewart, but she definitely like fooled me for a second. You think she auditioned for Twilight? <laughs> she probably, yeah, she could be like a Kristen Bell impersonator, to be honest. Or sorry, not Kristen Bell, Kristen Stewart impersonator. <laughs> wow, because Kristen Bell is a different person. but okay. Totally different person. Veronica <laughs> Mars is on the brain. Anyway. <laughs> okay, our first Mayan is Anthony, who is like a New Jersey Guido who wants to be like Emeril, um, the, sh- the chef. Yeah, I just I just call him the Joey Tribbiani of the challenge. Yeah, he also wears a lot of bandanas around his mm-hmm. ha- head. Okay, yep. okay. Then we got Janice Josephine or JJ, who is, in her words, a thri- a triple threat, and she didn't audition to be on the show. She got on the wrong show. <laughs> Yep, and I call her the Sharpay Evans of the challenge. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Okay, and then we got Justin. Also of the uh, Mayans, right? Yes. Uh, and he is a skateboarding pro, kind of like a Tony Hawk vibes. And uh, Shane, of course, one of the twins, is out to to change the world. And she has Zen counting beads. <laughs> yep. Yep. Another thing about Justin is not only is he a stereotypical, stereotypical like skater guy, but he also wants to go to MIT and study astrophysics. Yeah. So. Well, you know, <laughs> we can contain multitudes, Helene. Exactly. Charles is an Aztec and he is in charge, you know? Um, He's a sensitive soul. He's a sensitive soul who wants to become a psychotherapist. Okay, and so then another Aztec is Adam, who is Shane's love interest, and yes. is he wants to go to Stanford and study journalism, but for yep. me, it's like he's an Abercrombie and Fitch kind of guy. Oh, I wrote, yeah, I wrote typical popular bro, for sure. Yeah. Um, and then Lizzie finally arrives. Yes. She's, you know, obviously we said it, type A. Stuck yep. up, whatever, she, ambitious. She r- runs in with her su- suitcase, just screaming at the top of her lungs like a chaotic 
gremlin. And Mm -hmm. (laughs) they obviously see each other and immediately get pissed off and immediately quit. (laughs) They both threaten to quit. And then, like, Shane is like, well, fine. If you're quitting, then I'm not. (laughs) Yeah. And then they end up just both staying out of spite to spite each other. (laughs) Well, which I can, as a champion grudge holder, I can Mm -hmm. understand that. (laughs) Yes. And honestly, so you know how when we were in when we were talking about winning London, I said that this was like the first movie we saw where they didn't really quite get along that well. Yeah. 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 This is that times a million, but honestly, I love it. So, But also, we don't see the parents in this one either, you know? So. True. True. Then we get the girls talking on the phone to their parents, and this line had me in stitches, okay? Mom, this is blocking my chakras. I wrote, I wrote that down, too. <laughs> I wrote that down too. Yeah, that was a good line. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stereotypical hippie. Uh, so then Marcus welcomes everyone to the bungalow. Mm-hmm. And this is when we get our first confessional videos. Um, side by he side. Also, he also lets them know how the cameras work and that there yeah. are no cameras in the bedrooms. Yes. And like like private areas, basically. Mm-hmm. Bathrooms and bedrooms. Yes. Um, so these side-by-side confessionals of Lizzie and Shane, um, killed me because Lizzie calls Shane a sprout head, which I've never Beautiful. It was beautiful. (laughs) I've never heard that word before. I, it's, it's probably something made up, but I was like, you know what? I believe this is a real world word. Yeah. I want it to come back. I think that's great. And then it basically just ends with them both being like, we have nothing, nothing, nothing in common. And doing the show together will not change it at all. Spoiler alert. It will. It does. <laughs> <laughs> um, they get to their room. Um, Shane and Lizzie fight over which like bed they want. Then they see a spider. Obviously, Shane says to not kill it. Lizzie wants to nuke it. <laughs> yep. With- wants to smash it. Smash yeah. it dead. And I and am Team Lizzie. I am te- I am Team Lizzie a thousand percent. Um, and then we get a dinner scene. Well, in that scene well, where ahead. they're fighting over the bed, I just I just want to point out that this is where we learn that they haven't visited each other in two years. Correct. Yes. Um, and uh, Shane or not Shane, uh, Justin and Anthony are the are the other two guys on their team. So it's mm-hmm. the te- yeah. So the the Mayans are Shane, Lizzie, Justin, and Anthony, and we see them like commiserating how they're that they're just gonna lose because of these two emotional girls who hate each other. And then the other team is like celebrating. Yeah. Well, they can hear them fighting. Yeah, all the way yeah. in the common area. So, I mean, if yeah. I was their teammate, I would also be worried. Yeah, yeah. And then the other team is like, hell yeah, we're gonna win because these girls can't get it together. So, um. That's where we're starting with that. Um, and then we get to the party. Uh yeah, the dinner. Um, I have to say, are, did you yeah, notice the did you notice the name of the restaurant? No, tell me. Squid Row. Okay. Which whatever. I mean, if you okay, if you are an LA person, Skid Row is like yeah, I the know. CD. Okay. I was gonna say it's I thought it was a fun pun. <laughs> sure. Let's go with fun, not what I would have said. But let's go with fun. <laughs> anyway, it's a yeah, it's a typical like Mexican like restaurant. So they're all hanging out eating dinner. Yeah, um, this is where we learn JJ is in the wrong show. Yep, um, she has no idea where she is. 
Um, Adam is a fellow vegetarian, so yeah, points. Yeah, that was kind points of points for for Shane and Adam. And then there's yes. like club dancing, and Charles is like really not having Kelly's ego. Yeah, I mean, no one is. Kelly's Kelly sucks, but yeah. Um, we also see Lizzie and Marcus starting to bond. Yeah, and uh, Marcus says he wants to be a movie director, which I mean, he's little Dawson over here, Dawson's Creek. Uh, mm-hmm. And I have to say, they talk about Palm Pilots in this scene, which I was like, what a throwback. I had one. Did you have one? Um, I had a Blackberry. Okay. Yeah. I, I think I got my Palm Pilot, I think, was a hand-me-down from my sister. But I, yeah, it, it, with the stylus and everything. I had something with a stylus, but it wasn't, maybe it was a Palm Pilot. I think Palm Pilots were like brand names, so maybe you had just like not a brand named Palm Pilot. Maybe, maybe that's what I had. Um, but after, hmm, I don't remember all obviously all the like devices I've had, but yeah. one that I think of fondly was in two thousand nine. I had the flip, the the what's it called the the sidekick. Oh, the side. Oh, I always wanted a sidekick. Jealous. Oh, I loved it with all my heart. Yeah, I bought so many so cool. fucking cases for that shit. You know how you can change the color? <laughs> yeah, yeah. By like getting like a new case for it. Oh. Yeah. I had this case. My favorite case was red. It was beautiful. Mm. Yeah. I, not surprisingly. Why can't we, why can't we bring sidekicks back, but with like 2023 technology, 2024 technology? Yeah. Like touch screens or whatever. I so unsurprisingly wanted a, a sidekick because Ryan Kamars had a sidekick. Well, no, no, no. But like you could still have like the full like um I wanted to still have the full keyboard like under it. But like yeah. technology wise in terms of like um things to do on the phone, I want twenty twenty four technology. But to be honest like- though, I think everybody's adjusted to um typing on the keyboard like with their phones like in la- in portrait mode instead of landscape. Like I if I tried to type in landscape mode on my on my phone i would forget how to type with my thumbs we would get used to it helene don't don't ruin my dream i want a sidekick again <laughs> okay i won't worry, ruin your dream this is how it should be everybody <laughs> don't ruin my dream please <laughs> yes well now we get to see after they talk of palm pilots which i enjoyed very much because blast from the past uh Mar- we get to see marcus starting to kind of realize that um He's made a mistake by emotionally manipulating two young estranged women for TV ratings, which surprise, surprise, is not the right thing well, he morally also, to do. <laughs> Max like also like um pressures him to tell him any intel that might make the mm-hmm. show more traumatizing for the yeah. contestants, um, for the girls. And to me, I'm like, shouldn't have Marcus like said one thing about each contestant, not just the two girls? Like, wh- yeah, why they, are we picking on them? Yeah, they're definitely the only ones that they care about sabotaging, which, you know, I mean, it's their movie, but still, <laughs> like, it's pretty shitty. <laughs> okay. So now we get our first game, though. Yes, tell me... Tell us all about the first game and why the an- the questions were so uneven. <laughs> right? Yes. So the first game was a trivia game. It's called Don't Spill the Beans. Um, and it's called that because the loser gets a bunch of black beans dumped on them. <laughs> um, Which so has they- one of my favorite lines ever. But go continue. Oh, yes. Yeah. This whole scene was fun. 
Um, so yeah, they tell, they have the two teams. Honestly, I don't think this would be very fun to watch on TV. Like if this was like actually in the, in the, like a reality TV show, I don't know if this would really be that exciting of a challenge, but basically like, yeah, the two teams well, answer trivia it's questions. It's basically Jeopardy, no? Kind of. Sort of, I guess. I don't know. It just, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it was a fun scene, but I just don't feel like I would tune in to a reality show to okay, watch so people the first answer question, stupid trivia questions. <laughs> okay, so the first question was, who created Spider-Man? And yes. that was to the Aztecs. And then the Mayans got like a like literal like physics question. Yeah, I, I don't. I didn't even write it down because none of the words made sense to me. But because surfer dude or skater dude Justin is going to MIT for astrophysics, he knew it immediately, and he was like, "This this line killed me." Just because I'm a grinder doesn't mean I have fiberglass behind my oculars. God bless. <laughs> I love. A smart himbo. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. A man who is very, very smart but carries himself like a himbo. Woo. Yeah. And this also, I think, was possibly the only line spoken by Justin that I understood. Same. <laughs> <laughs> so then we get our first montage of the movie, which is them answering questions. Um, and then the This Mayans- is where we learn this is where we Go learn ahead. how hyper competitive Kelly is. She's a horrible, horrible, sore loser. And yes, we also get an idea of the fact that the girls cannot fucking work together at all. So then the Mayans, because unsurprisingly, the girls don't know how to trust each other. You know, the Mayans get black beaned. Um, yep. And <laughs> Lucy tells Shane, at least they're vegetarian. Yeah. And, and then Anthony it. and then Anthony eats the beans off of his head. <laughs> True to character, Helene. <laughs> it was very, very enjoyable. He wants uh, to be like Emerald. <laughs> Damn, you know? Yeah, this this second one that we get, the second challenge that we get, was the stupidest one by far. <laughs> it was so well, The totem mace. Uh, also, the labyrinth, our se- yeah. Uh, yeah, our second montage in the span of five minutes. <laughs> yeah, these montages, like... We're not but as at least they made to sense. me. But they yeah, made sense they, to me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, I hate montages in this movie. But yeah, they, I, they definitely, yeah. So the labyrinth was so stupid. So basically they have like, it's like these bamboo, it's a it's it's a maze just made out of bamboo shoots. Um, mm-hmm. But they, and they have to get to the middle of it where the totem is. And the first person, the first team to get to the totem wins. But they're wearing flippers um, to make mm-hmm. it harder for them. But the thing is, the entire maze is completely see-through. How can you not see how to get there? I have no idea, Helene. It's literally like there, there's, it's not like a, a maze is like you're not supposed to be able to see like where, what's in front of you. Like it was like, I was like, this is the dumbest challenge I think I've ever seen. And thank God it's like the shortest one. They don't show like any of it. They just show like a couple of bickering things and you know the guys on the on the mayan team being like oh my god girls just fucking get it together um and then they lose which then we learned that the winners get a get a a prize and the losers get a punishment every single day so this fine evening our uh aztecs get a party and the mayans get to sleep outside on the beach 
which would have been okay had Lizzie bit not been proud enough <laughs> to not accept help. Yeah, she doesn't like nature. We we have learned. And she doesn't know how to build a tent. So this what happens next? I'm sorry. Uh, I'm I, I, I'm skipping a scene really quick, but it is giving full parent trap vibes. Oh, oh, <laughs> a thousand percent. That was what it was. Meredith from from Parent Trap. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, another gem of a movie that we will we will talk about this at some oh, point. Yeah. At some point for sure. But anyway, before okay. we get to that, though, we do get the the scene that you alluded to earlier where Alex, uh, the producer, is trying to get Marcus Max. to... Oh, sorry. Yeah, why did I say Alex? I don't know why I wrote I that. I don't know who Alex I, is. But I don't either. I have no idea. <laughs> Alex is not in this movie. <laughs> nope. Uh, nope, he is not. So Max is editing the footage from the day, and he brings Marcus in and calls him his little spy and gets him to tell the girls secrets so that he can use it against them to boost, boost ratings and sabotage their team, which is crappy. Also, um, my understanding of reality TV shows, again, limited i know uh <laughs> they don't edit as they go they write down notes as they go okay for the editors right no i'm just talking about like the stu- like sometimes yeah. like these movies get like the tiniest well, little details wrong you know yeah like I- i'm not saying whatever yeah. no i agree with you that's uh, but also what's even less believable to me is that they don't just make up challenges on the fly. So in this scene, Marcus tells... Oh, no, a thousand and ten percent. No, but yeah, I'm... Sorry, sorry. I scene... was just hyper-focused on, like, the one thing yeah. that was bugging me, and well, that no, sometimes it's leads me to yeah. miss the big thing. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's valid. Because, so Marcus tells... Uh, uh, I wrote Alex again. Marcus tells Max... <laughs> Um, you look like an Alex asshole (laughs) yeah I don't know so Marcus tells Max uh, that uh, this is where we learn that Shane is afraid of heights and Lizzie is afraid of snakes so those are the things that he's like gathered the intel that he's gathered so as we learn later in the movie and I knew because I'd seen the movie a million times so I'm like oh okay yeah I remember this Um, the very last challenge they include something that will fuck over Shane with her fear of heights and then fuck over Lizzie with her fear of snakes. Like they include like a heights thing and a snakes thing. Um, but the thing is those challenges are decided and cemented like months before production because oh. there's so much planning that goes into it. You can't yeah, just be, make, make a challenge at the last minute. Like, Oh, where are you going to get well, all these fucking snakes, Max? You have to, you have to find the snakes. You have to source the snakes. You have to pay for the snakes. You have to figure out. <laughs> okay. So I was going to say, and I was going to leave it for later, but now since we're talking about it, my one gripe <laughs> with that final challenge with the snakes and all this stuff, I was like, yeah, how did they manage to source all of this on such short notice because they just exactly. fucking decided this? Exactly. That's why they do not do it at the last minute like this. They can't just like pivot the show to that. That's not how it works. Anyway. Also, <laughs> also, again, and I know everyone's kind of tired of listening to me at this point, but um, producers are not the same as editors. Why are yeah. they editing the footage? No, producers don't do that, baby. They take notes 
and they forward it to the network. <laughs> and the network sometimes hires editors or the production yeah. company hires the editors to do that in fucking post, <laughs> like not on site. So listeners, basically this movie is amazing and I love it. Watch it for entertainment. Do not watch it to figure out how uh, reality TV show production actually works because that's not that's not accurate. That's not what you will learn with this movie. Yeah, I'm sorry. It is not accurate. And there's like, I wish I could enjoy things. E- like, listen, granted, we've talked about this previously. One of my favorite, like this has become quickly one of my favorite ones of the ones we've rewatched. But sometimes there's something about me where it's like it's like a like an inaccuracy of something I know is wrong and I'm like oh, I can't yeah. enjoy it as much I don't know why it, it, it pulls you out it pulls you out I get it yeah yeah it makes okay. it less realistic anyway. so so yes now we now we get to the the parent trap scene okay the, okay because this is why I watch Mary Kate and Ashley movies for the realism yes. <laughs> yeah that's why we all that's why we all watch them for the realism yes exactly uh, so now we get to the parent trap scene Lizzie wakes up uh, with her tent in the ocean and her <laughs> sleeping bag uh, on the sh- edge of the shore with yes. the waves crashing over her <laughs> I just want to know how many times they did that take. That's a great question. And I watched the, the there's like a behind the scenes feature on the DVD. I watched mm. that, but it, it didn't say anything about it. Because it that is a really hard shot to get. Like, because then yeah. they would have to possibly like dry her hair and her clothes yeah. in between shots to get it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, or maybe, the, maybe the, they, tent, the, the tent is fine in the middle of the ocean. It's yeah. that one, it's that one scene where the first wave gets her and she like wakes, like jumps up. Yeah. Well, maybe that's the, the pro of shooting with identical twins. Maybe while one is drying off, they shoot it with the other and just hope that people can't tell them apart. <laughs> oh, that's a wish and a prayer held by string. I don't know. <laughs> Um, so yes, then, then, uh, more confessionals about how they just don't get each other, uh, because that's just, you know, what we're hammering home. Mm-hmm. And then, um, Lizzie comes back in the morning with coffee. Oh, oh I'm sorry. She comes oh, is there back something? in the morning with coffee wearing Chanel sunglasses. Yeah, and uh, a T-shirt that says something about New Jersey. I have it written somewhere. Yeah, is, it's so is... weird. It's like a weird thing. I was like, don't you live in, in D.C., girl? And um, the Aztecs are doing jumping jacks while yes, the Mayans are doing yoga. <laughs> Hippie stuff. Yes. And <laughs> they're clearing their chakras or whatever. Yes, and um, Lizzie calls them Yogi and her two boo-boos, which I thought oh, was I really loved it. Funny. I loved it. I thought it's it was a great funny. line. Yeah. Great line. Um, and then um, Lizzie not only comes back with coffee, but she also has a worst-case scenarios handbook. Oh, um, that is my favorite. That's one of my favorite little, like, uh, things in the movie. Um, yes. Then Justin. Wait, one second. My note for that yeah. was this girl has Helene levels of anxiety. <laughs> <laughs> Because I relate to that on a molecular level. <laughs> Seth told me he had that book. The Worst Case Scenarios Handbook? Yes. Yes. So that oh girl God. has Helene, Seth, and Adri levels of anxiety. 
I wish I had a worst case scenarios handbook for life. Like, how amazing would that be? <laughs> I already Helene. live in worst case scenario. Helene, should we write it? That would be fun. Okay, we'll we'll uh, talk offline. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so right. yes, so um, Justin uses his big MIT uh, brain to try to patch the rift between oh the girls. Oh my god! Did you write down this line? Because I wrote down this line. What? Oh my god! Yes. This line. <laughs> it says, "You two gotta get banana blasted, bongo slip into some chud before you see the light." I needed the I needed them to look at the camera and go subtitles please like right. they did in was, literally everything else. I was waiting for that joke because but they uh, they don't break the fourth wall until the last scene of the movie. But um, I w- I wrote it wouldn't be a Mary Kate and Ashley movie without someone speaking a completely quote unquote foreign language. Ugh, just like the <laughs> what was it the what was it that they called erasers in Passport to Paris? Uh, rubbers, didn't they? No, it was something they, else. It was uh, the bounce bounce in the numbers lab. The bounce bounce. <laughs> yeah, the, like the eraser in the math class, was that? Yes. Supposed to yeah. say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, oh, my gosh. So we, all, we always have some kind of foreign <laughs> yes. component to this. Yeah, and then in response to that ridiculous line that no one understood, one of them, I can't remember if it, I think it might have been Lizzie, uh, says Justin does have a point, although no one could figure out what it was. Oh, it, I think it was Shane. <laughs> was it Shane? Okay. Yeah, it was great. That was great. I was like, yes, we agree. I understood. I understood the sentiment that Justin had, but not any other words. <laughs> you know, like you better like you better get your shit together, or we're gonna lose, basically, right? But yeah, like yeah. that was the vibe, but the words did not really match what that vibe was. Right. To me. Well, because Justin had such an impact on them, they decide to try and put their shit aside to help the team, finally. Okay, and the next challenge is food-related, guys. Yeah, it's... Okay, so they call it in the sh- in the movie, You Are What You Eat, but it this is... And I don't know if you've seen this, but I used to watch this all the time. Uh, this is basically James Corden's segment, Fill Your Guts or Spill Your Guts. Well, I think, like, even, like, a lot of the Survivor... Um, type shows have like yeah. some kind of creepy crawly eating contest type shit. Yeah, it was it was basically like fear factor too. Yeah. yeah, they have it's a lot of fear factor stuff. But yes, the they have to um spin the wheel, whatever gross food it lands on, they have to eat. I think it was 3 of them um or 5 of them or something. It depended on the type of quant of of um food. Right. It's like yeah. if, if it was raw um, eggs, it was three. If it was snake, it was three. If it was cockroaches, it was three. The fruitcake had to be the whole thing, something like yeah. that. Yeah. So um, if they they had to eat all eat their whole fill without throwing up, otherwise, then they lose a point. Okay. The first so. one was, I believe, it was Adam, and he yeah. ate raw egg, right. which it's eggs. giving Gaston. You know? Yeah. I was like, what if he gets salmonella? But yeah, Gaston for sure. No one. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> uh, yes, then Liz, I was like, before it started, I was like, Shane and Adam are fucked because they're vegetarians. But thankfully, Shane or Adam got the raw eggs. And uh, Shane, Shane's I'm confused about, to be honest. So Lizzie, Lizzie eats snake meat, which I thought was ironic because she's Because she's of afraid snakes. of snakes. Yes. <laughs> but they don't touch on it at all. 
that at all. Even- she, she's like, I'm afraid when they're alive, but now that they're dead, it's just like chicken. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but then Shane has to eat earthworms. Sorry. Kelly has to eat jalaneros. Right. Justin has to eat cockroaches. Right. Charles, raw liver. Okay, Shane yeah. eats worms. So, uh, but Lizzie says, like, at least they're vegetarian or whatever. And I'm like, are, are they? they? <laughs> they're alive. Are they, though? Like, I guess it depends. On, uh, I don't know what kind of vegetarian she is. Like, well, did I she mean, mean it's, it's did she living, mean at it's least a living uh, thing? Well, yeah, well, there's different classifications, right? Like there's ovo-lacto vegetarians who can eat eggs and uh, milk. Uh, There's uh, pescatarians. That's That's like, Like yeah. Pescatarians can eat fish. And um, I was a pescatarian for a few years. And like vegan would be where they couldn't even eat like egg or any animal product. But But, yeah, the worms, you're, you're right. Like the worms are alive. How can you not? Yeah, I How mean, and justify then, like, people, that? people who are vegan would then argue, you know, plants are alive or whatever. But, but yeah, I, worms, I think, are sentient. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know. I don't really understand the thought process. <laughs> well, I mean, JJ had to eat cat food and then she was like, what? It tastes like tuna. Yeah, it would have made more sense if Shane had gotten, like, the peppers. I don't know. Yeah, or, or maybe the cat food. You know, like, well, that she would be like she definitely couldn't eat that. Well, she didn't say that she fish. Didn't eat fish. She didn't say she didn't eat fish, though. Yeah, I, I just feel like it's it, that's why it's like implied when you say you're vegetarian that you don't eat fish. You have to like say that you're a pescatarian. If yeah, like, well, I don't know. See, I I wouldn't know because I didn't. I've never been a vegetarian. Um, and then Anthony in a surprising upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the the Mayans are on track to win. Yeah, but. But yeah, Anthony just Anthony loses messes his, it up. He loses his cool over fruitcake because you know it what is, this was it 1996. He said, <laughs> "I think that's what he said." Yeah, he has like a fruitcake traumatic incident uh, <laughs> in his past. <laughs> but you know, this just remind what this just made me think of. Um, his name is Anthony, right? And he loves food, right? Except obviously, mm-hmm. he can't eat fruitcake. Uh, don't All tell I, me, queer eye. Yeah, I was like Anthony. <laughs> well, I, Anthony. <laughs> well, you know how I know he's not like the real Anthony is he had he didn't try to put avocado on everything. That's true. He might though if he was if given the chance. <laughs> or try to make guacamole out of like peas, you know? Um, right. Yeah. So so they lose. The Mayans lose because Anthony can't hold his fruitcake uh, and he dies. Doesn't die, also, but he, a, he, he vomits. I have <laughs> a note die. about Kelly's wardrobe here. Okay. Which I don't remember. Doubles, doubles as my fashion, fashion victim moment. Um, oh, okay. Kelly is wearing a visor in this. Okay. And like a polo or something like that. And I said, Kelly looks like a golfing mom. Yeah. Yeah. She is she has bad fashion in this in this movie, and a bad attitude. That's even more unacceptable. Yeah, she's um, just very unlikable. Yes, but the now next I get to challenge mm-hmm. <laughs> the animal and, farm yeah. challenge. This one was fun. I liked this, this one. Yeah. Also, I had a question in this challenge. Um, yes. Why is Anthony so sunburned? 
There's like continuity. Of standing under the beans all day. I don't know. No, like there's like a continuity situation here, oh, I think. In the in the BTS footage, um, they were like filming one of the last scenes or whatever. And the actress who plays Kelly was like talked a lot in the BTS and she was really fun. And she says, like, it's funny because the very the first scene that the first campfire council that we um filmed, we were all like white as sheets, and now we're all super, super tan. And it's like, so you're definitely going to notice that in the movie. And I was like, oh, I ha- I should have paid more attention. <laughs> okay, so that's... yeah, because he was in that scene, he was red, like real yeah. red. And then and then it turns from like real red to like kind of like brownish. You know how like when the ta- your tan is like setting. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. wow, they should have invested in better sunscreen in this yeah, movie. Yeah, they they I think they they said that they filmed for like two weeks in Mexico. So yeah, they're out in the sun all day. It makes sense, especially that scene um, of them like standing on the poles or whatever that we'll get to. Oh, I was just thinking um, about that scene. Okay. Yes. So, but uh, Animal Farm, they have to – so this challenge for Animal Farm, they have to herd farm animals in, from one pen into another pen. Correct. Is the challenge. They win. The, Ma- the Mayans win. They have their first win uh, because Shane took an animal communication course, I guess. Yes. Yes. And she's <laughs> meditating with them, which was really cute. But even then, the Team Mayan has to catch their own dinner. Yeah, because uh, they only won uh, one challenge. Yes. Oh no! Because at the end of, at the end of the day, they were still being beat like three to two totems, or like three to one. Totems. Like overall, three to one. is yeah, is that what they mean? Yeah, yeah overall, yeah. They they yeah. I think they were st- they only have one totem. The other team has three. Uh, so yes, okay. they have to catch their own dinner, but and the Aztecs who are leading um, get a steak and lobster dinner for free. And then Adam and Kelly have a little bit of a tiff, so setting up some tension for later. Um, yes, Shane is trying to get a coconut from a tree. She yeah, she succeeds. It succeeds. So good, good on her. Um, and then. Uh, Marcus and Lizzie figure out how she can catch her own food, which is ingenious. Yeah, she finds a little loophole, which I thought was really cute. Um, So the rules were that they have to catch their dinner with their bare hands. Um, And Lizzie's talking to Marcus, and he's, like, eating a hamburger. And she goes, hey, toss me your burger. And he's like, but you can't have it. And she's like, just do it. Just toss me your burger. And he and she does and he does and she catches it and she she's like what did I just do, and he's like, you caught my hamburger, and she's like, with my bare hands, and he was like, oh, clever, clever, yeah, smart, smart. So she they basically just like get their dinner from like a I'm guessing they don't show the first half of this, but I'm guessing just like a a chain reaction of like. You know, Marcus throws the burgers to Shane and then Shane throws the burgers. Yeah, from like the the craft table, you know, like they just go to the production craft table and are like, okay, Marcus is just like throwing hamburgers to Lizzie. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta have some good hand-eye coordination. Yeah. But sadly, it's kind of shitty though, because Lizzie doesn't think about her sister at all. She should have grabbed like a salad for for uh, Shane because Shane is vegetarian but yeah she can't eat hamburgers and that's all that Lizzie quote-unquote caught for them uh so she's stuck eating seaweed uh and coconut and then the team this this was kind of weird but like they do this like cute little oh like the team is coming together to help her 
but all they do is give her a bunch of buns. And I'm like, that doesn't sound appetizing. Okay, but when you're hungry. But when you're hungry. Like like three hamburger buns, some seaweed, (laughs) and a coconut. Listen, when you're hungry, (laughs) that might be the difference between a good night and a bad night. Um, Sure, sure. Okay, so then we see what is the next thing that you got? It's um, next. I have uh, we see confessionals where Lily, where Lizzie and Shane start to you know show that they're warming up to each other. They start complimenting each other a little bit, but then they're like, "But it's still not going to change anything." Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I love like, that. Yeah, Shane's like, Lizzie was pretty smart. Like she she figured out that dinner thing. It was like pretty cool. And then like Lizzie was like, you know, Shane. Yeah, I don't remember what she said about Shane, but they were the they coconut. Were like, Oh yeah, so uh, but then they were like, "Oh no, never mind. I, I, it's still not going to make me like her." Blah. Um, and then we go to the the whole cast hanging in a bungalow, and this is where we get our first hint of escándalo. <laughs> uh, Shane and Adam start making some eyes at each other. And uh, did you notice that Shane is reading James Patterson? <laughs> No, I didn't. Yes. Oh, that's fun. That's fun. So uh, he's a he's a big mystery thriller guy. Wait, Shane or Adam? Oh, sorry, Adam. Why did oh, I okay. write? Okay. Oh, so sorry. I just wrote. I wrote Adam and Shane are flirting. He's reading James Patterson. Oh, uh, okay. To solidify Shane, him as yeah. a writer. Oh, right, because he wants to. Well, he wants to be a journalist and James Patterson's fiction. But I, I see. I see the connection. I mean, uh, to so be they, a good journalist, you have to be an avid reader. True, true. Uh, they silently agreed to meet each other outside. And oh, no, uh, they were like, they, they did the thing of like, oh, I'm going out to take a fresh air. And it's like, I'm going to go out for a walk. <laughs> yeah, so incognito. They are so smooth. No one will ever notice, except they immediately notice. And, uh, I wrote down Alex again. I don't know why I called him Alex this whole time. Max, Max. Um, yeah, yes. Max sees them from the monitors and uh, wants to catch them breaking the rules because apparently disqualifications for ratings or disqualifications for scandal and breaking the or rules rating are yeah are really good for ratings. So he tries to stalk them, um, but you know before he does tr- try to do that, we see Adam and Shane walking and talking on the beach and. This is where we kind of learn a bit more about Shane and Lizzie's backstory. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, we find out that their parents split when they were 12 and that Shane and her mom left for L.A. two years ago. And Lizzie really never forgave Shane for leaving. And that's why they haven't really spoken in two years. And then cut to Lizzie interviewing Marcus, in quotation marks. Um, and there are two mentions that are back from the dead. We have uh, I wrote another, it down too. <laughs> another Shakespeare in love reference, like in Winning London. And then we get another Titanic mention. <laughs> Titanic! <laughs> it's back! It's back! <laughs> I wrote it down too. I was so excited. <laughs> it rose from the dead. Yes. Uh, yeah, we can. She talks about how Titanic is like she lists off her favorite movies and Titanic is one of them. And I was like, makes sense. You include it in almost every one of your movies. Uh, Correct. 
Uh, Shane and Adam get busted by Marcus and Lizzie, but Marcus and Lizzie are holding hands, so they also get busted. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh my, Lizzie's like, oh my god, I can't believe what you're what you're doing. You're gonna sabotage everything. You're gonna ruin this all for ever, for everyone. And she's saying this as the biggest hypocrite in the whole wide world, holding hands with Marcus. And and Shane just looks at her and she's like. Sure, okay. sure. Okay. Cool. Um, Marcus sees Max, not Alex, coming. Um, and then <laughs> they devise a plan to hide under the water. <laughs> oh, here I wrote Chase scene, don't get caught by Max. So I wrote him, I called him Max this time. Look at that. Um, Good for you. <laughs> woo! Uh, but yes, this is this is the first of many chase scenes, which oh yeah. I would have to say. I did not enjoy the chase scenes in this movie. I, they're, they were like the montages for me from one day. A little too kooky like, for you? Yeah. 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 That, those were not great. That, but uh, they get away by hiding in the pool. They're all yeah. like submerged, submerged in the pool. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yes. And as, as soon as they, you know, escape Max's grasp, uh, they decide to go their separate ways. But before they do, Adam pulls Shane in for a little kiss goodbye. And Kelly, the little stalker bitch that she is with her little Polaroid camera, catches a picture before they leave. Well, you know, I was telling Seth, well, at least they have a picture of their first kiss. That's true. They will always remember. (laughs) Never forget. Uh, (laughs) So now we have uh, team preparations on the beach again. So, you know, we see Team Aztec doing their boot camp shit. And then... The team Mayans are doing the yoga again, except now Lizzie is happily participating in the yoga. Transformation. Growth. Yeah. All right. So this challenge is called survival of the fittest. They have to walk through the desert and find their way back, right? Um, Yes. Then we see some scenes. Isn't there a real show like this? What's the show called? Like um yeah no there's a, there's a bunch of shows like this but I'm thinking specifically of one called Naked and Afraid. Oh okay yeah I I thought that's what Naked Naked and Afraid was about I know there's one on Netflix that's literally the premise is literally like they just drop people by themselves with no tools or what's or anything whatsoever in like extreme environments without yeah. like any with without even like a camera crew and just also like. like- my question about that is like, where's the camera crew following them? First of all, um, how would they right. air the footage? Yeah, in, in this one, they have to send them with a camera crew because they're not filming themselves like those other shows would do. Yeah, um, but but I don't see the camera crew around. I don't think you know? you're supposed to. You're not supposed to see them, are you? They're the ones filming. Well, sometimes you do see them, though. Okay, yeah. I see what you mean. You know know what I'm talking about? Like, I'm like, (laughs) I understand that they didn't have maybe GoPros at that point, but something, guys. Yes. Um, Okay. Uh, So they have to carry 14 pounds of college textbooks strapped to their back as well. And they get like one water bottle, one nutrition bar. One sunscreen. One one sunscreen. And like to like share between the. And And one one map map to share. Yeah. To share between the entire team. And we see like the Aztecs having their shit together and the Mayans like, you know, an hour in and having already used all of their stuff. Uh, And but here's where that book comes in handy. Yeah. Yeah. Because they see a Uh, helicopter fly over. 
And Lizzie's yeah. like, guys, I got this. Yeah, my first thought when I saw that, I was like, this helicopter is not affiliated with the show in any way. What is this helicopter doing? Who is this helicopter? <laughs> a good Samaritan. Who knows? Yeah. Uh, Mary yeah, Kate and Ashley's little... parents? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. The mysterious parents. They make a little SOS and Lizzie pulling out some survival skills. She doesn't know how to make a tent but she, or how to pitch a tent, but she knows how to she, start a she... fire. I was gonna nothing. say she may not know how to build anything, but she knows how to burn it down. <laughs> like right, exactly. She can start a fire with a magnifying glass, some can, and some kindling, and some sun. And that girl has got it down. So they make a little flare, smoke signal thing, and they get the they little smart guys. They get the little helicopter dude to fly him to base, and they win because of it so good, okay so my him. favorite part of all of this is when like you see the Aztecs just like dirty and grimy and disgusting just being like <laughs> super smug and like we won we definitely won and like I'm so glad to be back and they find the Mayans like lounging by the pool chilling with their yeah. totem <laughs> the totem has its own floaty in the pool it was cute oh, it was beautiful <laughs> it was chef's kiss like I it was everything I ever wanted in a scene Yes, and then Marcus comes over to congratulate them and covertly, like, quotation marks, covertly, hands Lizzie. Okay, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Hold on, hold on. It was supposed to be a tiny little note, right? But this note was, like, the size of the Great Wall of China, for all I care. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, it was huge. And it was so obvious. Like, it was like the Declaration of Independence in, like, (laughs) that movie, like... (laughs) like let's go steal the declaration of independence and they just get it from lizzie's hand (laughs) yeah so marcus covertly hands lizzie Lizzie, a uh, scroll basically a scroll Uh, the the entire continent of africa in her hand no Uh, no, she has she has the the great library of alexandria (laughs) yes And no one sees somehow. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Sure, Jan. Sure, Jan. (laughs) Yes. And the note asks the girls to meet the boys back in the back in about an hour. And this is where they do a little dune buggy date and they drive, drive around the desert. Oh, I'm sorry, but we forgot you forgot to mention something very important in this scene. And it is that we learn that they not only put on lipstick the same way, but they have the exact same shade. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was that was cute. <laughs> okay, fine. I was trying to be funny and you just look up and be like, why are you so dumb? Continue. I mean, I just I just assume like that that did that didn't make an impression on me at all, unfortunately, but I'm glad you enjoyed it. <laughs> No, I was just more like, okay, okay, um, why am I seeing this scene again? So now we get to the another montage of them doing bugging. Yes. yes. And uh, I have to say, Marcus does not look good wearing those goggles on his head. <laughs> it Poor is not man. a good look for him. Not a good look for him. But this, this is, uh, you know, cliche. Max finds them. There's another chase scene. Um I, they ha- they cause him to drive off of a cliff, but he's totally fine. Uh, yeah, his, yeah, yeah. His doom buggy completely like is totaled and like flips over, but he just gets up and it's completely fine. 
Uh, and then they which is like super like like an accident on something like that is so dangerous dangerous and bad yeah yeah it, yeah it was unrealistic but you know it's American Kate national movie i don't watch the movie for the realism like like we said earlier um, <laughs> what? and then at the end at the end of the scene they decide that it's too dangerous to be romantic together so they have to leave separately and and try not to love each other i don't know um, um also in this in this scene we also learned that Marcus and Lizzie are a type A romance. You know, like they're oh, both totally. super driven, super like whatever, and uh they got each other figured out. Um yeah. okay. So Kelly, then next next scene we get Kelly asking Max if she can speak to him, and she's holding the goddamn camera. Yeah, this that is bitch. immediately after Marcus like has like a, con- a crisis of conscience and tries to back out of helping Max uh, spy on the girls, and Alex wants to fire him, but uh, his assistant's Max? like, "Dude, Max Matt, wants I to." I, you're right. It's Max. I I wrote Alex <laughs> again. I can't <laughs> believe my life because uh, I literally mm. write Max like two notes above it. I don't know what's happening with me. Um, <laughs> So Max wants to fire this Marcus is, because I don't know why, <laughs> but this is my everything right now. I'm just I'm I'm losing my sanity. I don't know what's happening. Okay, I shouldn't <laughs> laugh about that then. Yeah, I did. Whatever, my brain is a mystery to myself as well as everyone else. Uh, so Max wants to fire Marcus because Marcus refuses to help him anymore, and. Max's assistant is like, you can't do that because he's our only intern and there's no way we'll be able to get a replacement intern in Mexico by tomorrow and we need him. So he's like, okay, I'm demoting you from head intern to sub intern. (laughs) Which is stupid because if you're the only person doing the job, you're the head. Yeah, you're the only one. So yeah, this guy is just petty as shit. He's awful. So yes, then Kelly shows up and is like, I gotta tell you something. And she wants to rat on them because she's a little biatch. Oh yeah. And then oh. we cut to Campfire Castle. And this is where shit goes down. <laughs> yes, tell us all about it. So before the shit goes down, um, Max slash Alex, whoever the guy is, um, teases that the next challenge is going to require balance and like the teams get really excited because of course the two best people who know how to balance the like are shane because she's good at yoga and yoga requires balance and adam because he did kung fu for 10 years or whatever and right after they get their hopes up and they're like yeah we're gonna crush it this i'm so good at balancing then it's like JK, Shane and Adam, you're disqualified because I have this picture of you kissing and you broke the rules. So you can't participate in tomorrow's uh, balancing event. So dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) But then like the girls have like this uh, emotional breakthrough. Uh, They also notice they twirl their hair the same way. Anyway, day four, we have- I'm sorry. I do want to say, I do want to say though, I definitely thought that the whole disqualification thing, like the, you know, you no romantic, like if you break one of the rules, I thought that the consequence was disqualification from the entire game. 
That's exactly what I thought. Yeah, not just the next challenge. So I was like, oh, that's the why are people that's like not enough motivation for people. That's literally nothing. That's literally nothing. So they don't, it's not that they are losing out on a scholarship. They're just losing out on helping their team with one challenge, but whatever. Okay. So do you think that one of the internal reasons why people justified, you know, this plot line of not being completely eliminated and just being eliminated from one challenge was because two parties from opposing teams uh, were the people who were caught out, you know, like if it was within the same team, then like the other one almost like won by default or like what is going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. I guess. I don't know. I feel like what, what the, what the writers probably could have and maybe should have done is um, had this happen like the night before the last challenge, like the very uh-huh. final challenge, and then make it so that both of their teams have to to do it without them because, like, they're disqualified oh, very, from the rest of the game. Very winning London of them. Yeah, like they're disqualified from the rest of the game, but the rest of the game is just one more challenge. However, I understand why they didn't do that because they the whole point of the movie is so that Lizzie and Shane will like find their way back to each other and become close again, and like the final challenge is like that their way to do that like to get them to like be sisters again that love each other and like want to be in each other's lives. So like they couldn't have one with that, with the other, it had to be like one or the other. So okay. I get it. But so day four anyway. is our uh, balance challenge. And there's like this moment where there's like a pan Wait, pipe. Uh, you're, min- you're skipping an entire scene. Oh, did I? I'm so sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. The girls are sitting in the pool and they're reminiscing and bonding. Oh. That's what I already talked about that. <laughs> I said the girls have a breakthrough emotionally and they also notice they troll their hair the same way. That was that Oh, was I for, I for, I forgot that that happened in the pool. Okay, yes. Yeah. Okay. I'm you're right. <laughs> okay. Like Day I said my brain four. is a mystery. <laughs> Day 4. Okay. Uh, Max there's says. like Yeah, go ahead. Max so the says, Max or, says or, challenge. Or, or or Alex says, I guess. But this. I can't. Um, and then there's like this pan pipe situation, like like a like this is like a fourth, like a brief fourth wall breakage of like where is that sound even coming from? And it's like cuts oh, to like yeah. the like pan pipe type guy. Um, that was cute. That was fun. Um, okay. The so the we challenge have, is yes. Yeah, the ahead. challenge is they they are they're standing on these little tiny poles in the water and they have to balance on them. Like we said, the balance stuff. Um, Very karate kid. Yes. But on top of that, they have to play a game of Simon says with the max guy. Um, And (laughs) the last person standing their team wins. All right. Um, All right. Any, any also if the Mayans lose this one, if the Mayans lose this one, then they lose the entire show because they, they need to win this in order to like have a chance at winning the whole show with the next challenge. Otherwise they'd be way too behind. So it's all on the line for the Mayans. And mm-hmm. um, I noticed, so they're doing this game of like Max says or whatever, but he like, he kind of, he does one of the things where he like fakes them out and he's like, Oh, you know, stand on one foot, turn around in a circle. You know, Max says, do this. Max says, turn around in a circle. Max says, you know, lift up your right foot. And then he does like the, you know, pat your head with your right left hand or whatever. 
mm-hmm. they do it. But he's like, oh, I didn't say Max says in front of it. But there was what's like, the why point? didn't because they get disqualified? There's yeah, no literally nothing. Literally nothing happens. You 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 don't follow the rules of Max says and you just nothing happens. So I was like, what was the point of that? Anyway, um, then we cut to them having been standing. So the last thing that Max tells them to do is just stand there with your arms at your sides and just stand there. That's that's his last decree. And so then they cut to them having been standing there for 40 minutes. And I'm like, without 40 minutes in the hot sun, without water, these people are going to need to go to the hospital. They're going to have heat stroke and they're going to suffer from dehydration. And this is actually a very large risk to their health. But okay. Also, I hope they signed a ton of waivers for this because they can get sued. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Agreed. So we see Charles is the first to fall. Uh, He's just like tired. I don't know. And then Justin and JJ fall in in succession. And then Anthony. <laughs> this part was really, really, really funny. Oh, you mean the hallucination? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Anthony hallucinates his Italian mother in the sun. He looks up at the sun and sees his Italian mother holding a lasagna. <laughs> in his defense... It looks just the same, you know? Yeah, the son was, and his mom, just exactly. the same. The lasagna is his son. Uh, so then everyone has been disqualified except for Lizzie and Kelly. And this is where we first, we start to see the, the girls working together actually, like, benefiting the team. And uh, Shane reminds Lizzie of the yoga breathing that they had been practicing, which comes back later in the movie. And uh, Lizzie is able to balance because she does dancer's pose. And that means that the Mayans win. So yoga is is the true yoga winner here. Yoga is the answer for all, yeah. everything, according to Shane. Yes. So thank God for yoga. And now the like reward punishment system it works in the Mayans' favor. So they get a beautiful sunset cruise while the Aztecs are now losing. So they get to be their servants with, on this cruise. With really ridiculous outfits, may, might we add. Yes. And for some reason, the intern, Marcus, is also on the boat. He's the only, like, I don't know, crew member. It didn't make a lot of sense. But Marcus is on the boat. And this is when he decides to tell Lizzie the truth. About and then how he's we been get... Helping. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, she's sick of and tired of him blah 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 she's like not oh into this anymore and then we have the saddest montage known to human history and you know what it's giving i'm sure you know what it's giving tell me it's giving paolo vibes from when in rome <laughs> that paolo montage i want to play them side by side yeah like the the montage of after of paolo after knowing like whoever for like three One minutes <laughs> yeah yeah okay exactly. yes uh i was not expecting to get a like sappy montage in this movie but and then we get them like we get we, we see the twins like on the shore and i have a question for you helene do you think that they just swam to shore yeah. wearing their jeans yeah my question okay, so was I have, okay i have a lot of questions about this movie and one of them is <laughs> 
<laughs> when you knew you were going as a, as a contestant, you know, when you knew you were going on this journey, did it not cross your mind just once? I should pack a wetsuit. Yeah, yeah, like a swimsuit. You're you're going to be in Mexico. Maybe you should. Yeah, that's a good question. My you question. Know, presumably, presumably, this show has been airing already for yeah. you know years. You've yeah. you've seen it. You've seen that there are challenges that span you know climates. You know, and a lot of them happen in water. Why would you not pack a wetsuit? Why are you? Why are we swimming in jeans? Is my question. Great question. My question, though, however, was. How far away was that uh, boat boat <laughs> off the shore? And did it was they pretty swim? Far. Yeah, yeah. Did they swim from the middle of the ocean all the way to the shore? If but that's not, what I said. Got, yeah, if they got back on the boat, why did they then get off the boat to swim to the shore instead of just letting the boat? She's dock? like, she's like, I can't take Marcus one second longer. It's too <laughs> painful. Let's swim to shore, Shane. Yeah, that was was a bit ridiculous. But the scene of them on the beach together was cute and touching. So at least we get that. Also, another observation of them being on the shore. How is their hair so dry already? It must just be that hot. I don't know. Sure, sure. (laughs) Okay. But now we get, after that cute comforting scene, like that cute scene of them comforting each other, um, and, you know, After they heroically swam across the ocean to the shore. Yeah. Now now that this movie has turned into Baywatch, um, we get, (laughs) (laughs) we get uh, the sister confessionals once again, except this time they're happy, they're talking about how happy they are that they've reconnected. So, they did what they said they weren't going to do all movie and have decided that they're close again. So good for them. Yeah. Sometimes the best lies are the ones we tell ourselves. Um, So we got the last day of the challenge, which is a like relay race. Yep. The warrior relay. Okay. Um, Tell us all about that. Yes. So there are Three, four four phases of the relay. So the first is the pontoons and the Mayans win that one. Uh, the next is the jet skiing to and from the shore to get flags. And the Mayans also win that one. And each flag has a clue. So they like put it together and then, you know, yes. go to the next one. Yes. And it's kind of like a scavenger hunt. Yeah. And then mm-hmm. the third phase is that suspension bridge over that gorge that we see at the very beginning of the film. And uh, this is where the Mayans kind of get shaky and lose their lead a little bit, or at least like shorten the lead. Because this is the first you know, fear facing that because this is a Max is sabotaging the girls and put this bridge, I guess, put this entire bridge challenge in to mess up Shane because Shane doesn't like heights. Oh, I thought it was snakes first. Nope. It's bridge then snakes. Cause oh, the, no. the snakes, the snakes are oh, like, I, yeah, I remember. I remember. To, yeah. yeah. I remember. They lead now, up yeah, to the yeah. totem. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the the bridge is the bridge is first, and you know the rest of the team gets over the bridge super quick, and then it's Shane's turn, and she's just like, "Yeah, I'm not fucking doing this," <laughs> <laughs> and, and they have to convince her to do it. And then once she does it, she gets like halfway across, and then just stops and lets basically every single other person on the other team pass her. 
<laughs> yes. Um, but uh, like, I felt like that was kind of like relatable of like, fine, I'll do it. And then you like get so petrified in the middle of doing something that you yes. like need help to get out of your head a little bit. Yeah. Something I actually found interesting from the BTS of this was that actually, um, so Mary-Kate plays Shane and Lizzie plays Ashley and, um, or Ashley plays Lizzie. And, um, in reality, Ashley was worse at this and Mary-Kate was actually very good at the bridge, but that was by design because Lizzie gets to just go right across it really fast and doesn't, and just can just get over it with it really fast. Whereas Mm -hmm. Mary-Kate, as Shane had to sit there for and and like balance on that bridge for the entire time it took to shoot people like passing her crossing it yeah every, yeah everybody had to pass her so she was on the bridge for much longer and had to be better at like standing there in interesting um, and balancing so nice. it was yeah I, I hadn't thought about that when I watched the scene but I was like oh that makes sense so yes they to get Lizzie to get Shane across the bridge Lizzie has to kind of like talk her through it and be there for her. And she reminds her of her yoga breathing. So this is like a callback to the balancing where uh, Shane reminded Lizzie of the yoga breathing to get her to win the balancing challenge. And now, mm-hmm. now Lizzie is reminding of Shane of her yoga breathing to get her to relax because when you're scared, breathing actually really does help. So they, Shane get Lizzie gets Shane across and they're still in the lead by just a little tiny smidge. Yeah. And then, and then we have snakes. <laughs> on, to, on to phase four, which is just get the totem. But in order to get the totem, they have to walk over like these, like these small thin boards that are suspended over pits of live snakes or as shown in the BTS footage, like 90% rubber snakes and like 1% <laughs> real snakes. <laughs> As I would have done it as well. Uh, yes. And then obviously, like we said, that's Lizzie's big, biggest fear. So she doesn't want to have to go deal with the snakes. So it's just, you know, you get the same repeat, you know, rinse, r- lather, rinse, repeat. Uh, but of my favorite part scene. about all of this is that <laughs> Lizzie just like fucking runs through them. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Shane is like, Shane is like just you know, go slowly, do exactly what I do, just pay attention and like, we'll get through this together. And, you know, Shane does it. And then Lizzie just screams and runs at top speed across the pit. But that's also very like, and I I thought that was like great characterization of like the characters that we've grown to know throughout the movie, because like, it's clear that Shane's whole thing is like, slow and steady wins the race and lizzie's whole thing is like just get it the fuck over with (laughs) yeah i will push through anything you know yeah 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 exactly also this is the part in the movie where uh shane tells lizzie that she read her worst case scenario i know we get a good we get really cute symmetry of like them meeting each other halfway yeah yeah between the yoga and the book you know yeah, I thought it was really well done. And it's really cute. Because they both get each other through their fears, the Mayans win. Woo! Yeah. Scholarships, baby. Um, so we're getting to the best part of the movie, and I am so fucking excited. 
Now the girls have fully made up, right? Yes, Lizzie and Shane walk out of the hotel arm in arm, and they plan to visit each other for Thanksgiving and Christmas. It's really cute. Yeah, it's the cutest. And then Marcus and Lizzie are reunited. He says he quit and he will be paying for college another way. Um, And then we got Shane and Adam because he's only going to be one hour away at Stanford. So they're going the distance. Um, We see JJ. Finally getting that show. (laughs) Um, And Justin and Anthony are broing it out. It's really cute. Like they got yep. a like cute little bromance. And um, then we try we see Kelly then, like trying okay, to get well, some sort of I wrote down something here, sorry. Kelly almost dies from wishing congratulations to the wedding team. <laughs> it was yeah, touching she, on there for a second. Yeah. I said uh Kelly uh, congratulates the team and apologizes for being such a raging bitch the whole movie, is what I wrote. <laughs> beautiful could not have said it better then the girls haze max slash get even by pretending to ask for a picture of the big star himself and then just dumping a bunch of beans on his head yep uh fucking with their lives gets back at them for fucking with their lives and and uh and doing everything for good television so good on them and then take it away Oh my god. Okay, so this is the most iconic scene of, I would say, arguably every single Mary-Kate and Ashley movie to date. Uh, (laughs) I couldn't, I cannot. Anyway, okay, so we see cute, happy couples walking on the beach. We have Marcus and, and Lizzie and Adam and Shane, and they're just being all cute and coupley. And Marcus tells Lizzie that she's his first love. And she says that he's the first guy who's ever said that to her. Record scratch. (laughs) Uh, Jordan from Holiday in the Sun, played by Ben Easter, shows up and he's like, dude, what the fuck? I said that to you in the Bahamas. (laughs) (laughs) Q, Q just, uh, uh, just... The most beautiful turn of events that has ever happened. And a number of ex-boyfriends from almost every one of the movies that we've talked about and one that we haven't um, showing up and breaking the fourth wall in the most beautifully brilliant way. This this scene is what always stands out to me when I think of this movie. Really? Of yes. all the things, it's the scene. Okay, understood. Yes. Okay, so... Back to what I wrote down in our 411 section. Yes, go ahead. I'll lay it out. I'll, I'll lay it out for us. So um, we see George, Ben Easter, who I, said, who I said earlier, who played Jordan in Holiday in the Sun. So not only does Billy Aaron Scott play Scott in Holiday in the Sun, which we've talked about, but he also plays, I think it's Mary Kate's love interest in uh, the movie Getting There, which I believe we've talked on this show a couple of times about how that's also another favorite of mine that we aren't actually going to be covering because there is literally not one single possible way to watch it nowadays. Yeah, we've tried searching for the DVDs high and low, uh, and they are very high in price if we do find them. So, um, yeah, as, as I, a self, I, yeah, it's a self-funded podcast. <laughs> yeah, I, we I cannot know do that. that I know that I had to have owned it at one point. I don't know what happened to it. I can't. I don't have it anymore. 
Um, and yeah, it's not streaming. It's not on like YouTube. It's not. And yeah, we can't. I've I've looked. Believe me, I've looked for the DVD, and I cannot find it. So, but he he's in both movies. He plays um, sort of a love interest in Holiday in the Sun, but not really. And then, uh, which they talk about, they like call out. And then uh, a definite love interest in Getting There. And then we see Brocker Way, which is the best like throwback because Brocker played Jean in Passport to Paris, and he has (laughs) he has uh, braces. in this which was just throwing me back i was like well okay i was like i was like huh interesting okay yeah he was he looked like a 17 year old yeah like kid with braces i don't know so so then we so he's from passport to paris and then um the one that we so there's another person from getting there his name is talon ellithorpe and he played sam and getting there um and that was the only one that like came from a movie that we haven't actually watched, but they're all coming and they, they all start fighting about who loves Mary Kate and Ashley more and who had the, who had the better movie and who had the better love interest and blah, blah, blah. And then Marcus and Adam join in. And so then all the boys are fighting and Mary Kate and Ashley are just like, guys, guys, like chill out. This, you're just you just play our movie boyfriends like this it's not a big deal like chill and they're all they're not listening and they're they're fighting so Mary Kate and Ashley decide to walk away arm in arm down the beach by themselves and yeah because it's they, like the, they said it's like the perfect getaway plan or something like like yes. oh okay they're fighting each other let's just leave it's fine Yes. Oh, I forgot. They also talk. They also start to uh, bring in so little time because then they start arguing about like, oh, well, I was her inter- a love interest in so little uh, time too. It's like, oh, well, I, if we're ta- if we're talking about so the TV show, then like I was in that too. And then they, like they all, it's, it's. I wanted the guy from Passport to Paris to go say, "American girls, you're, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> bonjour, bonjour, bonjour." Oh my god, like. <laughs> That's his most oh, yeah. iconic line. Yeah, it was fucking amazing. I've uh, before we and then like the movie ends after they walk away. Like the movie ends with a montage of all of their directed TV movies because it's like a saying goodbye to like that part of their career. But back to this other scene, real quick. Um, is was there a love interest that wasn't there that you wish was there? Mm. Ooh, yes. Uh, the other one from Passport to Paris. Really? Oh, I was going to say uh, Griffin from Holiday in the Sun. Oh, that's cute. Or or, or like that look, like, I mean, it's not technically, I guess, they didn't show, did they show Switching Goals? I didn't think they did. They didn't. They didn't. No. no. Like that cute boy with like the oh, cute eyes. Oh, wait. No, in the montage, maybe they did. They might have, actually. Okay. So like that, that boy from Switching oh, Goals. Oh, yeah. He was really cute and nice. Like he seemed. Well, what about he seemed? Yeah, he seemed really cute and nice. What about the the surfer guy from Australia? And our lips are sealed. That would have been cute. It would have been cute, but I'm not like super attached to him personally. Yeah, I think the reason that those like that one like those actors didn't show up is because they were like literally from Australia, so they probably didn't want to like fly them <laughs> to LA. It's like a lot of money to fly. Yeah. Or like a for like an after like movie cameo, basically. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I am just so, so glad they did this scene because it's it's the best. Super cute. Okay, so now it is time for one of my favorite segments and not just because I'm married to him. Uh, it <laughs> is the moment uh, I wait for it with bated breath every time. It is, it's where we give a voice to the voiceless in podcasting. The white, <laughs> straight, cis man because <laughs> god knows they don't have voices in podcasting you know yeah um, they really so need more representation representation matters Helene. okay yeah. um let's hear what this white man has to say about the challenge the opening credits look cheap like they came with sort of like mid-grade editing software uh, there's ravenette sneakle drop which is much appreciated I take it this is the Olsen twins version of the Hunger Games. They get into the premise of this movie right before the opening <laughs> credits wrap up, so I'm I'm pretty impressed with that. I want to be snarky and say that the movie take filmed in Mexico takes place on a secluded reality show, so the story won't have to deal with being in Mexico and interacting with Mexican people. And it's their loss if this is the case. This movie includes my three most hated teenage movie stock characters Woo Woo Girl, Unintelligible Extreme Dude, and Uptight Young Republican Striver. <laughs> I haven't thought about Emerald Lagasse in a long-ass time. Poor Adam would graduate from Stanford J School just in time to try and break into a dying industry. So I wonder what vlog he was waiting for. <laughs> okay, so they actually do venture into a Mexican city, but it's a t tacky tourist spot and about as good as can be expected. Stanley didn't create Spider-Man <laughs> alone and spent most of his life screwing collaborators like Jack Kirby and Steve Ditko out of their rightful credit and earnings, so Excelsior! Wow. At the end of the it. first challenge, they have some beautiful bean footage to roll. They're in Mexico, and they couldn't find a Mexican totem? Like, tiki's aren't from Mexico, guys. Marcus, you mm. devious bastard. I hope you feel good about yourself, jerk. The one dude has to eat raw liver as a challenge, not knowing that 20 years later, a bunch of manosphere weirdos are going to pretend to eat it as a health routine. The worst-case scenario manuals were a real book series from this time period. I had a few. They oh. were fun, well-researched, ah. and informative. I actually gave mine to my friend's son, and he loved him. I need to find one. The gross eating challenge makes me wonder how the dumbass who hosted Fear Factor became such a prominent voice in our society. It's probably fine. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had fruitcake, and my mother-in-law has one sitting on the kitchen counter right now. Do I dare? Do I? <laughs> True story. My first week in Santa Fe, the college I was attending, brought in a dude to align our chakras and do past life regressions. I fell into one of the best sleeps of my life during his guided meditation. Therefore, I totally believe that Shane took an animal communication class there. <laughs> I don't like how they keep making poor vegetarian Shane eat meat. That's just fucked up. This bungalow in Cabo looks like the sort of place real housewives go on a weekender to day drink, do yoga, and eventually throw <laughs> food at each other in anger after the last commercial break. Which but is to say, my lovely wife and I eat that shit up like sweet, delicious ice cream. <laughs> One of these alleged teenagers has a big-ass tattoo on his calf. It's pretty cool how the through line for most of the young people in this movie is that they signed up to be exploited in one way or the other for college tuition. It's a real cool country we got here. Go the sister bonding moment by the pool is actually really nice. And since we're doing a riff on Survivor, I just want to say that I don't believe the P-tape is real, but I do believe that reality TV Mark, uh, producer Mark Burnett is sitting on a ton of really damning Trump footage. The okay. last challenge reminds me of one of the many, many, many similarities between Indiana Jones and myself is that we both do not <laughs> like snakes. 
and I'm genuinely touched by the sisters' reconciliation at the end. It's nice. Max's comeuppance was a waste of delicious Goya brand black beans. Not kidding. I Mm -hmm. love Goya brand black beans. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm not thrilled with all the boyfriends from the other movies showing up at the end. It's squandered a lot of goodwill goodwill with this unusually competent movie built up over its runtime. And the hey, final montage take that back. is a cool look at how much these ladies have grown up over the four-year span all these movies were filmed in. And I feel like we've all grown a little over the course of this season, but mostly that's just because how time works. And we made it through the whole movie without a shopping montage, so I'm disappointed. Oh, I have made it through an entire episode without mentioning 9-11. So congratulations to me. Except that you just also, did. Also, on the off chance, <laughs> chance that the Santa Fe Chakra alignment guy is listening, thank you. Your meditation gave me the most restful, relaxing, and recharging sleep of my life. And I would pay to do it again. Wait, do you think that that guy who aligned Seth's chakras to, uh, I don't know, do past life regression or whatever, it was... Like, Seth just fell asleep because this is his first life. (laughs) I don't know. All I can think about is the blasphemy that he didn't like that last scene with all the ex-boyfriends. I was trying to, I was trying to get us out of that. (laughs) (laughs) I think you, I I think that this is a sign, Adri. I think you need to divorce. Ooh, these are fighting words. Yeah, it's, it's that serious. (laughs) Wow. Um. I will take it under advisement. I will not do it, though. <laughs> hey, as long as you think about it, that's all I need. Sure. I will pretend to think about it. <laughs> do you want to okay. talk about some feminism, possibly? Uh, but before we talk about feminism, let's talk about something that he said earlier. Um, okay. Because this was a very – I feel like this is his longest voice note to date. Yeah, he had a lot of thoughts, even though some of them were very, very wrong. Co- correct. And it's okay. Um, <laughs> the thing with men is, Helene, they're not like us. They're not gonna perfect. Say, the thing about men is they're dumb. <laughs> well, I, well, I said it in a nicer way, I feel. That's true. You did. You did. They're not perfect like us. So if you're if you're a male listener, we love you. I didn't mean it. I was a joke. I was I was joking. Well, she wants me to divorce my husband, so I don't know how much she was joking. Anyway, I, I was only joking <laughs> if you if you like the last scene. If you don't like the boyfriend scene, then I'm not joking. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> Doubling down. Oh my goodness! I will die on the hill. <laughs> okay. Um. So I. Need to check with Seth because I found a few worst case scenario handbooks on yeah. Amazon, and I want to make Ooh. sure that the one uh, I get you for Christmas. <laughs> you mean Hanukkah? But yes, yeah. Well, you know, whatever. A holiday, <laughs> uh, birthday, it was Valentine's Day, Arbor Day, anxiety I don't know. day, anxiety yeah. day, Woo. anxious girly day. Um, <laughs> Love the final scene of the challenge day, you know? Oh, that's a holiday. That's that's my that's, religion. <laughs> <laughs> that's a real holiday, guys. Um, I just want to make sure that I get you the right one. Um, anyway, that being said, he, did he, I'm very excited. Did I hallucinate this or did he say that it is an unusually competent movie? <laughs> he did say that. and. I first I took it as a yeah at first I took it as a as a compliment and then now I'm now, now that I'm thinking about it I'm like hey how dare you sir <laughs> how dare you how dare 
I thought he was enjoying these. <laughs> but see, he like throws it back to like Real Housewives. <laughs> yeah, I can, I can see why you married him, except for his one glaring flaw that we will not talk about because we've already talked. All right, about. all right, okay. Let's talk uh, some feminism. <laughs> let's let's forget about men. Yes. You know, let's talk feminism. I, um, to. I, I like that we're, I mean, I, I say, let's forget about men. Let's talk about feminism. And the next segment after this is about men. So take that with that. Well, no, it's, it's about, it's about whether or not the, you no, know, no, 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 they no. talked, oh. they had a scene where they didn't talk no, about I'm, men. No, babe, this is, this segment is feminism, right? The next segment after this oh. is all about men. That's what I bet. <laughs> True, true. Anyway, let's talk about not men first. So does the movie pass the Bechdel test? Oh, absolutely. I have I think yes. yes. Yeah. They yeah. talk about all sorts of sorts of things and like, you know, their spirituality, their they type talk about, anus. They talk about They talk about whether or not spiders have a right to live. They ha they talk about their parents. They talk about family life. Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. talk about lipstick, you know, whatever. Uh, yeah. What was your favorite girl power scene? Mine is, I mean, it's not a surprise at all. <laughs> it is definitely, without a doubt, the girls watching all the old boyfriends and new boyfriends fighting and deciding just to ditch them and leave. Okay. Arm in arm, down the beach. <laughs> That's a pretty good one. Fuck men. That's a pretty good one. <laughs> That's what that, it's pretty great. What about yours? I will have to say it's the same one because, I mean... What yep. bigger, like, act of feminism is it to be like, you know what? You're my sister. Let's go. Yeah. Agreed. All right. Yeah. It was, it was just okay, iconic. Uh, thanks for enjoying this slight detour to feminist town. Let's go back to not feminist town. <laughs> uh, <laughs> back to the patriarchy. Back to the patriarchy. Helene, of the two love interests, who are you crushing on? Well. To be honest, they're both pretty similar looks-wise, so it wasn't like one was really pulling ahead here. Uh, but I would have to say Adam, just because he wasn't being a shady piece of shit for half the movie. Oh, uh, absolutely. I agree a thousand percent. Uh, Adam was a my pick um, because, one, he seemed to, like, accept Shane as she was. And, I mean, I know Marcus did accept Lizzie as she was as well, but it just seemed like a like a better vibe overall of a relationship and also like yeah. he is ambitious but he's not like everyone has to have my same ambitions if not it's not important you know that kind of yeah yeah he's very open-minded and he was really him. really sweet to her so i was like yeah that's yeah. cute i like i like sweet um only green flags only, only green, green flags, flags. now Let's get to <laughs> our fashionista and, va and fashion victim. I've already told you my fashion victim, which was Kelly with that visor yes. giving golf mom vibes. What was yours? Yes. Mine, I have um, basically Shane is wearing this flowy. So this it's, it's both Shane and Lizzie in the one scene with like where they're doing yoga and then like Lizzie has the manual and like they're fighting. Um, so basically Shane is wearing this flowy radioactive green thing. Uh -huh. Um, 
And then Lizzie is wearing that shirt that we talked about that says, New, okay, this is what this shirt said. It says, New Jersey, only the strong survive. And then it has like a picture of New Jersey on it. I'm like, these are dumb. I, this was not, these were not good fashion choices. The only good thing in that was, there were, there are actually two good things in that scene. Um, uh, Shane's low pigtails were adorable. Uh-huh. And Lizzie's uh, Chanel sunglasses, or was it Gucci? Gucci sunglasses Chanel. were Chanel. Uh, also great. Were they, were yeah. they Chanel? Okay, that's what I thought. Yeah. Um, actually, my fashionista moment is actually Lizzie's Chanel sunglasses. Oh, there we go. Full circle. Uh, mine were, I liked those things, but my, my fashionista moment was actually this adorable, like, cinched pink jacket thing that Lizzie is wearing while on the beach talking to oh, Marcus. okay, cute. Um, and then in the last, I have an honorable mention, and that's Adam is in the, in the last challenge, like with the, the relay race, he's wearing this like red ringer tee. Um, I don't, I couldn't read what, what it said on it, but it was like a, like a heathered light red for the body. And then like a, like a solid darker red for the, um, like neck and cuffs. It said something about seat, girls. Like Oh really? I couldn't yeah. read it, but I thought I just thought it looked. It good looks on really him. good. Also, it looked really good, good on him. I agree. All right. So for yeah. the real question, does it stand the test of time? Yeah, I, I mean, I already spoiled man's for this, but yeah, I love this movie just as much as I did when I first saw it. It is still by far my favorite Mary Kate National oh, movie. Great. Um, I would say yes, it does stand the test of time. There was one um, item I did not enjoy as much, which is wherein um, they were balancing on the water and JJ started um, mm. singing. Which like, uh, which like yeah. I would understand I mean I'm not okay let me r- roll back JJ is from Miami Florida the implication there is that she's Cuban my friends that's the implication Miami full of Cubans and some Puerto Ricans mm-hmm. and Orlando full of Puerto Ricans and Cubans you know so you know near New York City and the Bronx Full of Puerto Ricans, you know, like that, like certain, certain yeah. places have implications to them. I'm not saying there can't be Mexicans in Miami, but what can't, why can't she just sing some Celia Cruz or something, you know, like some Cuban performer? Why does yeah. it have to be? I mean, maybe she Mexico, did it, you know, I don't know. It just, she's, well, may, they, maybe she did it because they were she's in She's the Mexico. only Latina character. Why would you do that? No, I, I get it. It's a valid concern. Like, it's a valid critique. I just, they're, they're actually no, in I Mexico. I get that. So that's like, the well, only, but if yeah. you're, but they right. could have made, like, a white character do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. It's it's definitely a little, like, racist undertones yeah. for sure. So that, but, I, yeah. I forgot to mention that, but, like, I just wanted to make sure that that was in the test of time situation because yeah. there's, like, a thing here. All right. Anyway. That's it totally. for us today. Uh, let's talk about the media that we've been consuming here in the year of our Lord, 2023. Uh, this will come out in the yes. year of our Lord, 2024, but here's where we are. I'm sure. I think it, I oh, think yeah. it comes out in 2024. Does it? I don't remember. Guys, we're, we're recording this ahead of time. Who knows? It might come out at the end of 2023. I can't remember either. What, you, know, you, you know better than us. What, whatever date it is while you're listening to this, <laughs> that's when it comes out. Um, 
<laughs> so the media I've been consuming, I have been on a little mini reading binge recently. Um, yes. And over Thanksgiving, I finished uh, the book that you've been recommending to me for a while. Thank you for listening by Julia Whelan. What did you think? Um, you know, I, I think I forgot that you told me it was a closed door romance until after I finished the book. And I was like, oh, yeah, this is a closed door romance, which as you are aware, I prefer open door romances to closed door Wait, romances. No, no, there's a pretty graphic preference. sex scene at the beginning. Uh, it's it, everything's a lot more implied. There's like one thing, but I mean, there's not actual sex. Okay, um, maybe I'm misremembering, but yeah, uh-huh. I'm I'm just yeah, I'm being picky about it. But I did like the the book was good. I thought it was cute. Uh, it just, it wasn't my favorite. There are some writing choices that I don't love about you know that she made, but I I did overall enjoy it. I give it like a three three point five out of five. Okay. Um, I mean, we all have different tastes. Last night. <laughs> Oh yeah, no. I mean, it's not a bad book, but it. I, but you know, you know. Anyway, um, I also last night finished uh, reading Red, White, and Royal Blue, which I had already seen the movie. Okay. Um, I watched the movie before I read the book, but I loved the movie and I wanted more uh, Alex and Henry in my life, so I read the book and finished that last night. That one was amazing. It was hilarious and moving and touching. The only complaint I had was that it was just a little longer than it needed to be. It was a quite a long book. But I thoroughly enjoyed it. Oh, I'm glad. Well, I'm glad you got both of those. Those are two of my favorite ones in a very long time. Yeah. And I think I can figure finish out one more book before the end of the year, if not two. So the next one on my list is uh The Friend Zone by Abby Jimenez. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Um, I like Abby Jimenez. Yeah. I've gotten a, a couple of good recommendations for that one, and I already have it on my Kindle. So that's probably my next read. And I will probably talk about it, if not on the next podcast, then the one after that. Well, um, in full 2023, uh, it is the holiday season uh, for us, and I have been re- doing my annual rewatch of the holiday. Mm, that's a good that's one. Such good a one. good one. I I saw I saw this TikTok the other day. Is it Jude Law falling um, in love with you? All you know, like with the viewer. No, it's like it's like a you know, you know that you're you know that you're like an adult when you go from being a Jude Law girly to a Jack Black girly in that movie. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Basically, is what the TikTok said. Well, um, clearly not an adult ever in my life. I was going to say, I don't, I can't relate because I'm still full, full fledged Jude Law girly. <laughs> I am fully Team Jude Law in that movie. You cannot make me switch. There is no way. Yeah. I love Jack Black. No, no, no. He's, he's good in that oh, movie, he's, but no, he's no Jude Law. You know, <laughs> as we were rewatching it, I said, Seth, do you think, I'm not saying this was badly cast in the sense of it still works with Jack Black, but I feel like he, could have that character could have been cast slightly better and still make it believable you know yeah like someone who's a little like it doesn't need to be this way because i understand like the character is written a certain way but someone who's just a little bit more of a sex symbol that's also known for being really funny Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. i think would have done done it but also like i mean like um i don't know i don't know who but we'll, we'll we can brainstorm this offline. Like, who would it be a cast oh, yeah. instead? Oh, yeah. um, like a, a comedian yeah. or someone. I mean, Jack Black is a mm. musician, and he has 
What about Bo Burnham? Okay, well, <laughs> sure, sure. <laughs> that would be. My I know choice. that would be your choice. <laughs> Why didn't I see this before? I don't know. I don't know why I didn't understand that this was going to be your choice before this moment. And now I can see with hindsight how, how stupid I am, but yeah. it's okay. You should have know, you should know me better than that, Adri. I should know a lot of things better than this. <laughs> um, but uh, other than that, I've been uh, reading... Uh, I'm not done yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, End game by Omit Scobie, which is basically like a look into like the royal family and like all the shit that goes behind closed doors. So it's more of like a you know nonfiction book. But uh, I'll be back on my fiction shenanigans soon enough. Like this is not you know Ooh. the end. Yeah, I'm thinking eventually, and I think I'm going to save this for a 2024 read, but I've been, I'm, I'm just probably going to give in to peer pressure and start fourth wing. Oh, I just bought it. <laughs> so we can, have you, no, you I haven't read it. You no. haven't read it yet? Okay. Um, maybe I, I kind of, maybe I'll wait until you read it and you can tell me if it's worth it. Or, you know, we could read it at the same time. And we could and do, do a book a, club. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. And do a book club. All right. Well, what do we have for next time? Next time, we are journeying to the Big Apple, the melting pot itself of America, New York City, in a little film titled New York Minute. And we will see you in a New York minute to talk about it. <laughs> Great. But, um, uh, where's my drum? Like, I should have kept the drums then. <laughs> yeah, the soundboard yeah. drums. Guys, yeah. I deleted the soundboard <laughs> drums and look at it. Look at me now. Who's the clown? It's me. I'm the clown. Uh, all right. <laughs> Until next time. In the words of NSYNC, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Growing Up Millennial is an independent entertainment podcast hosted and produced by Helene Karp and Adrian Wilson. Our conversations in every episode fall under Section 107 of the Copyright Act, identifying criticism and comment of copyrighted material as examples of activities qualifying as fair use. Helene Karp manages our social media. Adrian Wilson edits our audio and does all our graphics. You can let us know your thoughts by emailing us at gummypod at gmail.com. That is G-U-M-M-Y-P-O-D at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at gummypod. And we are also a newsletter. Go check us out at gummypod.substack.com. My cat is standing on my mic stand, which is probably making a lot of noise. Okay. <laughs>